0: G'day, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. This is the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players who will bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. I should say this is like the first episode of the year, K's, but it's probably it's more like a round zero. I think. Before we dive into the, the real stuff, it's, it's more like opening around it's a round zero podcast is what we're gonna we'll go with this week. Mm-hmm. But yeah. If you haven't guessed already, Kaze is on the podcast this week. Say good day to the listeners. Hello, I am back. Um, Are yes. you pumped for this year, Kays? You're a bit off fantasy the last couple of years. Are you back on board or um, what's Um not sure. No, nah, I think I am. I've noticed a few more tweets coming out your way about a few players and a bit of shade being thrown at you by the draft doctors and other people. Oh, that's nothing new. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm public enemy number one for most people you in are. the fantasy world. You are, um, really? Classic people hate me. Draft doctors hate me. <laughs> fantasy Fruco definitely hates me. He definitely hates you, that's um, for sure. Yeah, so there's so many people that hate me, um, but- um, no, well, I've, I've actually had a bit of a, a really big off season. So like, I, you know, like probably of, previous- drinking or? No, <laughs> that, but uh, in terms of previous years, I've kind of always tried to do a bit of stuff like, you know, December and, you know, almost start my ranks a bit earlier or, you know, you know, research a few players a bit earlier, but yep. I've kind of just left it all um, and I've kind of just come into it in the new year. So yep. uh, hopefully coming in with a little bit of a fresher, you know, um, Thoughts on a few things. Perspective. So, yeah. So coming to the season a little bit later, delayed pre-season, yeah. um, but you know, <laughs> more, more ball
0: work instead of just running. Yeah. Okay. Uh, get you straight know, into it. Yeah. Kind a of football thing. skills and not just Correct. Of athleticism and stuff like that. Correct. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, um, do you want to tell the, listeners what we're going to be talking about tonight so basically
1: this is the keeper league 101 uh, podcast so if you've never started keeper league before uh, you want to know some tips on how to get one up and about Uh, maybe you've got a keeper league that needs a bit of tweaking we might be able to help you out with some ideas there but basically this is ground zero so uh, mate you might have come from classic you might have come from single season drafts Uh, you've always thought about
0: starting a keeper league this is the podcast especially for you. Now, we haven't done one of these for a few years now. We used to do one every year, mm-hmm. but we kind of thought we've given people enough ideas. And the last one we did, I think, was for AFO.com.au, um, mm-hmm. when Keeper Leagues first came to the AFL That's fantasy right, platform. So two yeah. or three years ago. But yeah, they're good fun to do. We've also got an influx of uh, new listeners, I think, and a lot of people coming over from the classic world and mm-hmm. um, stuff like that that probably, you know, have seen some of the content on Instagram and TikTok and stuff like that, but not actually realised we're actually a Keeper League-specific podcast but we just talk about players that sometimes are relevant for both. That's all. We talk about the fantastic players that no one else yeah, talks about, exactly. which we're is just undervalued players more than anything. So that's what we're here for. So we're going to get stuck into some keeper league 101. Uh, but first I just wanted to spruik a few things we've got happening on the website case. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see New Year's day, the breakout tracker came back. I know you like that resource. I love the breakout tracker. I know you were actually using it before it actually got relaunched. You were still like looking at players from oh, last yeah. season and stuff oh, like yeah. that and putting a bit of content out there because of it. So that was good. Um, but yeah, that's definitely back for this season. Um, this uh, week I've got the rankings spreadsheet coming mm-hmm. out as well so a lot of people have been messaging me that I looked at the calendar last year I put it yeah. out on January 18th last year and I, got, I reckon I've had three maybe even more though. I reckon I've had about five or six people messaging me saying when's it coming out when's it coming out we need it so we need it's coming out nine days earlier than last it year out. it's coming out nine days earlier I think or a few days earlier anyway um, than last year so hold your horses people <laughs> but I'm getting it out I'm getting it out there and people will be happy to know people were really annoyed that I took career games off the spreadsheet last year okay um, Um, It must be an important thing for like rookie lists and keeping under 50 game players and stuff like that. So I took it off just because I didn't think it was that valuable to know Mm -hmm. how many games career games a players played because it had age on there and everything like that. But you know, more more data is never a bad thing. It's back, all right? Mm -hmm. It's back and there's extra stuff on this year. I've even put career average on there for people as well. So if you're not sure. What about my idea? What's your idea? My median score. Oh, I haven't put median score, but I do like that idea. I can put that in there, but um, no, might be a bit late to get it in there now. But uh, we'll get that. We'll get that. that can going. be the, the beta version. Yes, definitely. Or we can. You, you can just tweet some some interesting things you find. Oh, out from don't that worry, maybe. I will. And I think that's why you actually messaged me and asked for it. <laughs> yes, today. it's it's all for <laughs> my content. But the grand opening, the the biggest resource that I've. And me and uh, Adza, shout out to Adza, um, have probably spent a good four months. He's probably done most of the heavy. He has definitely done most of the heavy lifting on the uh, Mock Draft Simulator. The mm-hmm. Keeper League specific Mock Draft Simulator. That is coming out uh, on January the 15th. So yeah, Monday next week. Sweet. So get really excited for that one because um yeah, a lot of blood, sweat, tears, probably about four months worth of work has gone into that. Essentially, I would try to learn as much of the code as I can to actually write it. And then couldn't get it to work and then adds, a, does his magic and goes, oh, this is what he did wrong. And he finds it really obvious what I did wrong and, and fixes it up. And then when I cannot figure anything out, he just fixes it for me. So, that's how it works. Yeah, I remember watching it in the very infancy right, when you, you, were, show, you, uh, you
1: were knocking away out here. It looked like, you know, something from MS-DOS. And, yeah, you know. it kind of
0: looked like the Matrix on my screen Correct. was happening. But uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's happening- I'm going to do one last re-rank of the players because it kind of works on it works on a few factors, but my rankings is one of them. Um, so I'm going to do a one last re-rank of the players, judging how people have used it so far, and then it's going to be released next uh, Monday. So keep an eye for that. The thing is though, it's only available for gold members this year. So yeah, need to need to get a few more people up to that gold tier. So um, only available for gold members. That will come with the ADP data as well, so you get all the average draft positions um, of people that have used the the break, use uh, the, used the um, mock draft simulator as well. So you you can actually use it to assess value of players in your draft. It's, very, it's a very, very cool tool, especially when you know like
1: for your, for your redrafts in your keep leagues, yeah. like how important those first few rounds yeah. are, can be to getting some of those yeah. good players in and, and where you might be able to find a slider. So
0: A few people have been asking like, well, we play in keep leagues. Majority of people are playing, you know, keep leagues so we don't draft from scratch. But- mm-hmm. I think if you're using it to practice your draft, it's using it for the wrong reason. And the best, thing, the best way to use it is to actually assess value mm-hmm. of players. So, see he's going early, see he's going late, and then pay attention in the later later rounds of the draft to see, oh that that guy's usually gone by now, so I should take mm-hmm. him now. Or, mm-hmm. or um, this guy's generally going later from everyone who's using the mock draft simulator, so I can mm-hmm. just slide, hold on to him, maybe get him a better value pick yep. later on and not waste another pick. That's probably the way you should be using it over um, – just practicing your draft and trying to tailor exactly for your league. Yeah. In the future, there are plans to add more Because it's got that AI stuff. stuff in it, so it knows what you think. It thinking. does learn a bit, yeah. Like, it does kind of adjust as it goes. Computers so, are taking over, bro. Yeah. I wouldn't say is, AI. This but is not good for an analog learning, kind of guy like maybe not me. Doing that. I don't know. But anyway, let's get stuck into it. So... Kays, I'm going to let you do this. What is a keeper league? What is the difference between a keeper league and a standard draft league? And an AFL an Fantasy Classic, for those who've never ventured away from that, what's the difference between them all? Well, firstly, AFL uh, Classic is the worst of the three. But, uh, no,
1: nah, look, a keeper league, essentially, you are drafting for a long-term play. So, um, you know, you're setting up your team. Uh, in a real-world sense, imagine you are the Adelaide Crows or something like that and you're drafting from day one and you want to select the best talent on um, on your list to build forward for not only success in year one but also all the way out to year 10. So... Um, Basically, yeah, you select maybe 30 players in in your side for a year um, and then you'll keep a certain amount of those players year on year. So, you know, there are different variations of that. You know, some people say you're keeping 30, might keep 10, which is a bit of a, a smaller kind of keeper league, all the way up to maybe, you know, you might keep 25, 27 in some cases and that's what we kind of call a dynasty league where really you're not making too many changes this year. You are you are drafting for, you know, um, long-term success. And then some of the, the I suppose the shorter, um, or the lesser kept keeper legs, uh, Kind of regurgitates a few different players, so it kind of gives a few different coaches a few options to, you know, pick up some good talent and uh, you know keep everyone in the game.
0: Yeah. So essentially, it's just it's it's like a normal draft league, but instead of putting all your players back at the end of the year, you keep a handful or you keep a selection, whatever your league rules are. You keep mm-hmm. some players going into the next season. That can lead to like a more AFL style list management type thing, yep. or it can just be keeping your, you know your favorite ten players or something like Correct. that. It can be whatever you set it up to be. So I guess. That kind of ties into how to start a keeper league. So, one of the things is when you're starting a keeper league, I guess you have to find some dedicated mates. What would you say for um, what's a good idea for um, the number of coaches in your league? What's your ideal kind of hitting zone for you? Um, I think you want anywhere between 8 and 12, I think, is yeah, probably my the opinion. sweet
1: spot. But I, yep. I do think that you want to have the dedication from the coaches as well. You yep. know, like um, uh, we've been in probably many keeper leagues. Um, keeping leagues I should say over, you over know, probably years. 10 years yeah. that we've been playing this and like you know there'll be some legs that come and go there'll be some like our, our home league which is you know coming into its 10th season this year and I think we've only had a few coach changes in those few years and then You know, some people, you know, lose interest for one year, they all of a sudden get a good draft hand and they they come back and um, find the love again. But I think, yeah, somewhere between the 8 and 12, it it keeps it nice and challenging too. I think if you have um, not many teams, you know, you just end up kind of drafting you know, top 200, 300 players. Whereas if you are a bit of a fantasy uh, or AFL Sico, you kind of want to be picking up the the guys that we talk a lot about on those podcasts where, you know, it pays dividends. If you're doing your research, if you're, you know, looking into VFL, S N F L stats, you're, you know, you're looking at Hef's, um under 18 stats, all that kind of stuff. So... I think depending on how, you know, how sicko mode you want to go. Um, <laughs> Thanks for calling me a sicko. Well, no, I'm, I'm one too. But look, we, we played 12 in our home league. Um, and I think that's a really, really sweet uh, number because, you know, kind of by the end of our draft, you are kind of either, you know, picking up some average players or you're, you're really taking some punts on, on kids that you, you think might have the good. So, I kind of like where we're at with our league and are some of the players we've unearthed over the years.
0: Yeah, I think... Eight is the is the minimum I you'd have to go with. I don't know if you can even do six on the. On the I wouldn't. I'm afford. not sure. I'm not sure. So I'd say eight would be the minimum. But don't feel pressured to go bigger than that. Like having dedicated, as you said, having dedicated coaches is way more important. But just make sure like you, it's set in stone because it's very hard to add coaches in in a keeper mm-hmm. league afterwards. You know, do you give them draft concessions? Do you let them raid other people's lists All that sort of stuff? People get very touchy about the best way to do that. So. Well, like they're your boys. Yeah, exactly. You know, like I don't want you yeah. coming into my leg and, yeah, and taking you, my Ben Keys. you, off you me. to take one player from me. Exactly. So thing like it does. It doesn't work like the AFL where you can there's contracts and things involved and stuff like that. But yeah. But anyway. All right. So that's that's uh, the league size, I guess. But um, choosing a platform. uh, To be honest, I know nothing about SuperCoach, and I get lots of questions about keeper leagues and SuperCoaches. So they must exist but i think they kind of hacked the system a bit more it's not set up as well but i guess that's one of the first things you got to choose whether you want to do afl fantasy or whether you want to do SuperCoach. Mm-hmm. um afl fantasy seems to be more suited for the keeper league realm there just seems to be more of those out there um but that maybe be just because we're an afl fantasy podcast we don't hit the dem- demographic that could be completely incorrect but yeah that's the other thing just choose what platform you want to do because i know that you can do them on both um but yeah it just depends you might have to just do a bit of hacking and a bit of yeah Clever kind of accounting or a few spreadsheets involved here and there to keep them going. We'll talk about spreadsheets and things like that later because that's Mm -hmm. a very important part. But uh, yeah, setting up the rules and stuff like that. So, squad size, that's a big um, factor. It depends, I think, a lot on whether you want to play waivers throughout the seasons, how actively trading is going to happen in your league. Everyone thinks trading is going to be massive, but everyone kind of falls in love with their players and doesn't want to trade them um, as well. So, you got to think about that. Um, So, squad size, for me, like if you're not playing with waivers, I think you'd want to have at least 30 plus yep. um, players in a team, I think, if you're not having waivers, because you've got to draft enough players to ensure you cover injuries, all that throughout the year, wouldn't you mm-hmm. agree? Totally.
1: Yeah. And I think that kind of leans to what I was saying before, like, so you have a 10 team league and you're picking 30 players, you know, you, you're literally picking the top 300 players. So, yeah, um, the further on you, you go into that, um, you kind of start you know, worrying about players who are averaging 50 or 60 and that kind of thing. And they kind of come into your calculations. So, um, yeah, I kind of like that 30 odd, 30 odd number. Um, and yeah, as you said, it depends if you want to be a waiver league or a non waiver league. I think that's the that's probably one of the biggest ones too.
0: Yeah. So if you people that never play draft for waivers are players that go undrafted and they go into a player pool and you can pick them up in the rounds and stuff like that. So if someone goes undrafted um, and they have a massive weekend, you might be able to pick them up off the waivers and get an extra player for your team or whatever. But uh, yeah, just another another thing to think about there on that end. Um, all right. So let's talk about the next thing, and that is. Uh, uh, numbers of keepers so mm-hmm. we've kind of chopped and changed i want to tell the people what's happened in our league Case?
1: yeah so i suppose we've had this league for what 10 years now yeah um we've traditionally uh kept 16 so we normally draft 32 players uh, 16 of them are keepers um we've also got uh, what we call a, a rookie list where at the end of our draft we will pick up uh six extra players we'll talk about that in a second who we can yeah. yeah keep for an extra year so um they're kind of a free swing for two years. So really good for, you know, maybe an emerging Ruckman or, you know, a young midfielder who you might not think is going to get a game next year, but might be worth, you know, stashing for a year or two's time. So um, we play that. Now, I suppose the the thing when you're keeping um, a large amount of players, so we're talking 12 teams, uh, 16 keepers, plus, you know, you can keep a few of your rookies as well. You know, our draft really starts at kind of pick 200 if you're doing a traditional draft. So, uh, as you can kind of tell that that doesn't really leave a lot for, you know, coaches to pick up and and change the fortunes of their team. They do have to play a really long game. So, you know, uh, say last year, you know, guys like Sheasel, Wardlaw... um, would have gone really early in the draft because, you know, like they had really good fantasy pedigrees and people were going, oh, this is – they're going to be great in the future. And it's true they will be, but at the same time, you know, those guys are probably a bit of an outlier because they did actually score really well, but – um, you know a lot of the players that you're picking up at pick 201 for example aren't really going to help your you know side come from bottom to top you in, in a way so yeah. unless you're, you're the guts of your squads really really good so we've had a, a big debate over the the preseason um, I think you know, we've had well, it was 10 years I think we've had five different coaches win and one coach is basically one half of them yeah so he's had a really good reign but um, as you said, it's really hard to dethrone someone who's got a really good core group of keepers, and you know if you've if you're struggling, it's really hard to add a you know a good quality player or two onto your list to try and to flip those fortunes. So yeah, we're looking at uh, changing changing some rules this season, which would bring our keeper list down to twelve. So um, we each keep twelve, and and one of the rules would be that we have to keep a player uh, twenty years or younger. So yep. um, it does. Uh, encourage you to keep uh, a kind of a younger player that you might not necessarily have uh, to keep that keeper element involved. The big thing was
0: that you've come out in the group chat heff and you've gone nah this isn't a keeper league anymore <laughs> this I'm is not, just a,
1: this is just a redraft <laughs> league
0: I'm not uh, look I'm neither here nor there with the legs i play with whatever talking to uh, uh, this is another thing I need to plug actually the discord group that we've um that I've started for the keeper League um, it's a super active group so check out the links in the socials there's a link to everywhere get on board because the amount of keeper chat that's going on this season like it, it's non-stop essentially so it's great I put it out on the discord and just asked for people's thoughts feelings emotions and the general consensus from the people in there was like Yes, they play in 12 keeper leagues and it is a really good way to mix up the the teams each year and ensure mm-hmm. that new people are winning all the time. So, I think that's good for our league if that's the issue. I think the issue with our league was we, had, we were stuck in like a middle ground, which was neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. So, I, I see both sides of the coin. So, essentially, it all breaks down to if you want a quicker changeover of you know the top teams- Um, go with lesser keepers Mm -hmm. and don't go with like 16 don't go with 18 like go with something around the kind of halfway of your team type thing so you can actually replenish the rest of your team with -hmm. the leftovers that are in the pool Mm -hmm. but if you want to play like a more AFL style you want teams to be able to establish dynasties Mm -hmm. you know be competitive for 3 or 4 years do complete Mm -hmm. rebuilds Mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff Um, then go with the more extreme go keep 24, 25 plus, you yeah. know, like I'm in a league that only makes, has to make three list changes each year with squads of 36 and yeah. I fucking love it. Yeah. Um, so I was only kind of, I was teasing more than anything, but like I do think... Th- that's the way when I started this, like the, when we started our league. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the kind of what I was, yeah, visioning, but not everyone else wanted to do that, obviously. So,
1: realistically, we probably went too
0: little, yeah, like exactly. it should have been 20, yeah, or, or something like that, yeah, um, uh, minimum. But then we've kind of created a monster. Then, if we were to stick to keep it that way, then that would be another three or four years, probably yeah. of the same person winning the flags Correct. as well. So, um, yeah, it's not. It kind of sounds pathetic that we're changing our league based on one coach, but anyway. It's not. We're changing it on everyone <laughs> When being really I think engaged. the issue probably started, the The monster started from people making too many stupid trades with him and it would have probably not worked so differently. no. Really me. I'm not pointing the finger at you. You are pointing the finger at, at me I think under probably, the table. You probably have given him probably four or five of his best players. But I've just also <laughs> been very unlucky
1: in in uh, my keeper league.
0: <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, that's the general crux of it. Less if you want a higher turnover of premiership winners, more if you want those dynasties sort of mm-hmm. things and that's in terms of um, keepers yeah. um, one thing that I'm very big on actually maybe not as much now that the league rules have changed but keeper de- uh, sorry, trade deadlines was something a, a rule that I thought was very important because if you've got one team dominating and one team that's season is over by the midway point and they're no longer competing what happened a few times in our league was that the top coaches would trade out all their younger players or anything with a scarier of value to those bottom team coaches Mm -hmm. for their better scorers that are probably older in age or say if one of their guns gets injured and it's not going to help them win the flag anymore. This is one of the top teams I'm talking about. They trade it to a lower team for something that actually helped them win the flag Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And a lot of time the season was pretty – like anything can happen. I do agree with that. But it was pretty much sewn up by the time that those trades went down. Like nine times out of ten, you could probably pick the flag winner – at the trade yeah, deadline. To to a degree. I do think that you have to be in it to win it. You definitely you know, like do. I think, and that's a big one, you know, because- But there was times where people, there was literally no chance and those times I found like for example Pugs in our league was no chance I mean, so we traded Simpkin for Viney who went nuts in the finals and that, that's yeah. still a ballsy trade I still think he wins out long term yeah. by getting Simpkin into his side mm. for example but I think at that point it was like once a player like that who you know he's got Simkin in his team he's struggling he's not going to score well he's, he keeps getting injured all that sort of stuff now that's taken care of with someone like Viney who's having a career best season it's mm. like well that was kind of season over from that point I found Yeah. things like that like, and there's a few of those trades that go down each year and I get like, anything can happen. Like you can get to the day, like look at my premiership win. <laughs> like I wasn't the best team all year. Bradford. Still still won it on the Grand Final Day. So, like, I can I've seen both sides, but more often than not, it seems to be sewn up. So a trade deadline at a point where every team is still competitive, I think is important. Yeah. Um but that can differ from some people. People some leagues just love trading and couldn't even bear to cut it off type thing. So yeah. I get that too. But and that, obviously a lot of these things are very much like
1: you gotta take the temperature test of your group yeah, of coaches and, and see what what kind of leg you want to set up as a collective?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, rookie lists and rules. We kind of touched on that before. We don't. We, you kind of explained everything anyway back then. But you can have rookie lists. Just note that and things like that, or just little you know extra things to your league like you know you keep a veteran player or keep a rookie listed player or keep a player that's played under 50 games or he's under 21 years of age or whatever you can kind of make those little rules and they kind of run on spreadsheets they're not things you do in the afl fantasy platform they're just things that you keep track of mm-hmm. and then manipulate them in your draft list we'll talk about how to actually import keepers and stuff like that year after year and stuff later on but um that's one thing but think about and probably the most important part of a keeper league case is the prizes and the punishments, mm. the two Ps. Mm. So, something to think about. So, what's our prize? Our prize was 600 cash. Uh, it's dropped down to about three, 350.
1: Yeah, because and we're doing we, more fun we've stuff. We've done more fun stuff. So, we've yeah. kind of spent a bit more We've Because, obviously, we're getting a bit older and I uh, don't always catch up as much. You know, we've always yeah. made a bit more of it. We've made a bit of a, a thing about the draft night. Um, a bit more this the last few years so you know making sure we've got more some, of that
0: money goes to the draft got right. some good quality food good quality beers plus we're the same guy just taking our 600 bucks <laughs> each yeah. year so we
1: just cut him Fuck really,
0: him. really cut yeah. him down <laughs> um,
1: but uh <laughs> so i think we chip in 100 bucks each so you know stuff goes to so we have a bit of a punting challenge so that's funded that yep. um you know draft Yeah. You know, we've got a couple other bits and pieces that go on throughout the, the year obviously you got to pay your subscription fees to to afl fantasy to you know get all the stats and the keeper leg extras so yep. um you know there's a bit of bit of that stuff but uh, the punishments is something that we've never really been super hot on our group. You yeah, know, lately like, they've been cooking the barbecue, but
0: we had catered, catered draft last year. Correct. So it's delicious. We make them from, get, wait on our wait, get our beers and wait on us. Yeah, that's kind of one thing that. Does well, we, I
1: did try and bring in a punishment this year, and the punishment has not
0: been. Yeah, completed. I, I was actually with you, on everyone was too soft on that punishment. I thought, like, I didn't. It wasn't the, the fact that you you tried to bring the Maccas thing in. You're something similar to I the tried mackers thing. Yeah, yeah. but and, the, the, the twenty four one, it was just like, you had to eat a family meal or something. Yeah, like that. see, I. I think that side of it is fine. Like the twenty, like that twenty-four hours thing is like I cannot get away from family duties for that long. <laughs> like, there's no way I'd be able to do it. <laughs> but like um, I could eat, a, I could eat. A no, other, meal. The, but yeah. the other option was to put a hot dog costume on and walk through a, a large more than Adelaide. Like that's not that hard. Do you know the worst punishment that had ever been put forward to me that I almost had to do was I had, I had to wear a crow's guernsey to a showdown. So it was a very specific. Like, to me... Oh, so that everyone had their own punishment? Everyone had their own punishment that they had to do that they would hate if they had Did to do you it. have to agree to that? No, it was just you're doing that or you're out of the league. It's like, if you don't do it, you're out of the league. And I was like, this is an NFL fantasy um, competition. And I was like, bottom all year and I won the last two games or something to scrape through, but didn't have to do it in the end. But Maybe that's why I have good doing it this year. Yeah, like, everyone, everyone has
1: their own individual punishment. They yeah. kind of, like, semi have to agree to.
0: Yeah, that would really stop them from, yeah, tanking out and... Trade period. So, yeah. So, obviously, I'd love for you to.
1: I don't where think the, I don't, Crow's the Crows Gansy
0: probably wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much. As long as it's got number 12 on the back, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. So, is that Jordan Dawson 12? Pretty sure it is. Maybe. <laughs> pretty sure it is. <laughs> I'd happily wear that one. Um, but anyway, so let's uh, move on from the rules and let's talk about um, recruitment and management of your league. So, this is mm-hmm. kind of like where the commissioner sort of stuff comes in. Mm-hmm. So, what are some tips for finding some for a keeper league so for us like we're pretty lucky we were part of a footy club we all were fantasy nerds before we even started ours Mm -hmm. but i guess some things that i reckon would be good for people to do is to jump if you if you've got no one to play with and there are people out there we've always got messages who's got me a league who's you know is anyone starting recruiting is anyone starting one up has anyone got a spot i would say there's probably three good places to be um to find a league now this is this one's really new but our Keeper League Discord that's coming up we've already got leagues being organised in there we've got a, um, a league finder uh, section mm-hmm. you can post in there put your name down and we've got a few active people that message people and get leagues going in there so if you're not in our Discord group I'll give that another plug look for the link I might even try to remember to put it in the uh, description here uh, for the podcast but find the link to our Discord group and get involved in that because that's a, probably the best place now another place it's exclusive for gold members so you need to be a gold member but our gold member Facebook 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 group. Um, I know that there's actually like an 18 team league that's built purely out of that group and they are the most dedicated keeper coaches ever like I need to make some of them admins of the groups I think or something like that because they're the ones driving like all the stuff that goes on in there so um, that's a really good place to go and the third place is probably there's a um, fantasy league finder in, on Facebook which has a few thousand members I think as well um, we don't have anything to do with that one but that's a good place to um, actually find people. <laughs> the keeper league goal groups also a great way to talk shit about me. Um, yeah because you're not in it <laughs> yeah it's a great place to talk about you actually but yeah. the, the problem is there's too many of our league mates that will screenshot everything I say so that's true I, I tend to not bother anymore discord groups where yeah. i talk shit about you guys these days because none of you guys uh, you guys are all too old for discord and i'm too old also but i'm still there but anyway um so that's one thing to go but case okay, this is probably something you can probably touch on a bit more mm-hmm. how do we maintain engagement throughout the season what's, oh, some, what's some tips no <laughs>
1: as a as a commissioner of a league it is sometimes tough especially when it gets towards the end of the season i think we've we started off really well i think we had a lot of engagement early in the in the league and now it's kind of become what it is but, but I think that's show, that's the,
0: our age though and uh, totally having a lot less time to do not dumb being shit. at uni and, like yeah know, we used to have time. like weekly interviews and articles and mm-hmm. all that sort of shit like yeah uh, what was the, the bogeyman article which was yep. fucking hilarious which is just yep. generally just the shitest player for each team or just yep. some obscure stat we used to have power rankings that uh, Rainey used to put out each week um, then we had yeah, I used f- to do sliding doors sliding doors that's mm-hmm. right um, Fridge when he was in the uh, the league used to do an interview each week in his jocks and yep. be a different player or something like that that, that was hilarious. Um, but yeah, there were so many different things that used to happen. Not so much anymore. but So there's some of the sort of things you can do if you've got a bit more time. But I think the main things are just have two or three uh, one or two three what's our what's our three big it's the draft is the biggest one mm-hmm. then we've got a mid-season which you try to get mid-season draft that you try to mid-season, get mid-season I think you
1: know because we do a, let's go, we don't have waivers open so yeah. we've got one week where we can add one extra player to our team so a couple of years ago we kind of did a, a dinner to do the mid-season draft live I'd love to do that again I put, zoom, that, like put to the that, Zoom yeah. meeting as well yeah like, that like, like sort of stuff like that, that yeah. just we've so got a chance to sit down and talk shit for an hour over yeah, you yeah. know Zoom with the, with the beer or something like that yeah and then We've made a bit of tradition of getting together on the, the last Sunday, Sunday of the, of the year. Season. So yep. um, whether it be at a pub to watch the last few games with, you know, the coaches. Last yeah. year we went to the
0: the footy, watched the footy on the heel. And I then think I only attend if I'm in the grand final. So the I've, any, I've only attended once. Yeah, That's <laughs> very, you know, very anti-social. I've usually crack the, the shits by then. Um, but stuff like
1: that. Um, yeah, obviously if you can... In, Um, have other things going throughout the year whether it might be like I don't know it depends on what you guys are into like whether it's a, a punters club to keep you going through the year where maybe someone puts a different footy bet on each week or um you know whether you have something else going throughout the year whether you set up a little tipping comp on the side so there's because i feel that you know sometimes as you know hef like if you're bottom bottom and out and you're not really a chance like it is quite hard to keep um, you know involved with the day-to-day stuff um, so there's some of that stuff but also you know can you tweak some of your rules to make sure that either you know trading's more important or um, you know bits and pieces like that so uh, whether you've got to try and you know get a younger player to get to your under-21 player, whether you've got to try and bring in a, an older guy for next year, you know. Um, more rules aren't necessarily a bad thing, I don't think, when it comes to,
0: to people legs. Yeah, yeah. trying yeah. to build engagement. Um, all right, and I guess the other thing is just like, you're gonna have some arguments, disputes, all that sort of stuff, oh, probably so, two or three times daily. Yeah, so just rule the night. Have a commissioner that just rules the night fist. Democracies don't work in cable They really fine. don't. So just have a have a commissioner that makes good decisions. Um, you can't be afraid to be hated. No, exactly. That's right. Then you're definitely not that Which case. Is, well, I'm a fantastic commissioner. <laughs> um, all right. This kind of ties into the rules and settings, but we're gonna talk about the draft and draft settings, and then draft strategy. So mm-hmm. for your initial draft, I think it's pretty important to have a snake draft to start off with, just to make sure it. It's um pretty yep. even and fair. So yep. if you've never played that before, a snake draft is where um, the draft will reverses after each round. So if you've got the first Pick in the draft, and you that's a, that's a benefit because you get the best pick in the draft, you get the best player in the draft. But that means your next round, if you're in a 10 team league, you have pick one and then you have pick 20, so mm-hmm. then you've got the worst player of the second round, and so forth. And it kind of snakes back and forth.
1: And as most it. draft players would know, some people like being number one, some people like being number 10, some people yep. like being number
0: five. It's kind of down to your preference of where you think you can get value when that comes in, yeah, 100%. So, yeah, um, have a way to kind of decide that initially. We'll talk about some of that sort of stuff a bit later. But the other option, I think, the well, following years, I think it's. Important to have a linear draft then so the teams that finish bottom get the best pick of every round mm-hmm. to try to rebuild their side and, and go forward from there. So um yeah, reverse ladder order after that and um also have some measures in place in your team for tanking as well to make sure people aren't just kind of taking the piss yep. um and just trying to get the best pick each year and dropping down for a bit. So have a think about that sort of stuff, but that's important stuff to get right before you start. Um, Pre- preparation for the draft. What does what does your look like for you when you prepare for a draft? Mm-hmm. What do you do? Um, I do like to do a bit of ranking, and you kind of
1: obviously, I think it comes down to, if, especially if your initial draft is that what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think your pick's very dependent on who you think you can get. I think you've really got to make those probably first, f- you know, four rounds, you know, work to what you want. So yeah. have a few different strategies in place. You know, are you going for, you know, a long term defender first? Or are you trying to get in? Tim English, are you going for a, you know a Tom Green with your first pick? Who you you know what are you trying to go for there, and then how you can set up your team for for a, you know long term success? Um, the the most recent keeper league draft I've done, which is with uh, my brother in law and a few of his mates, um, it's probably about three years ago now I reckon, and yeah. I just my whole thing was I was just going in and I wanted to draft. Guys between 22 and 24. Yeah. You know, guys who had proven runs on the board but were still young enough that they're going to be good for a long period of time. Yeah. Um, and that's how I kind of went in and, and that worked out well. Um, always been competitive in that league. Um but yeah, I think if you can kind of go with a bit of a plan early on of like, I want to get a player like this, a player like that, a player like that. So you've got your, your bones of your team sorted. Yeah. Obviously, you want that captain option most importantly with that first pick. Um, but there, yeah, can you really
0: just, um you know, maybe lock in a long-term forward, a long-term defender and, and go from there. Do you know what I've done the last few years, which has been pretty successful for me? I feel it's been pretty successful because mm-hmm. I've, I've been able to fight my way back from being a bottom six team to a top sixteen team the last few years is because um, we've been collecting ADP data for mm-hmm. the last year, and that's been on our website and that'll be again available through the mock draft simulator for gold members so make sure you signed up um, I actually go through and find what players are left in our league and then rank them by the ADP order mm-hmm. um, so I actually set my rankings to the ADP but then make adjustments as to like where I want, if there's a player I really, yeah, and then yep. or if I really want a player or bump them up, stuff like that. But I always start at a base where mm-hmm. we we'll use our ADP data. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to see if there's a way that I can using the console in Chrome or whatever right away to just automatically set the ranks to the ADPs. Um, this year, so you like hopefully just copy and paste something into the console hit enter and it will set it to our ADPs this year that people can use Um, so I'll have a go at that no promises I'm not the coding whiz but um, I'm very good at uh, prompt engineering they call it on chat GPT and trying Mm -hmm. to find ways for GPT to do things for you (laughs) I suppose
1: the the beauty is if you are starting up a keeper league this year like that resource um, is going to be fantastic for you because yeah you can use that a few times a few goes through and you know maybe get a feel for you know who's going early when you might be able to get some value whether a run comes for you yeah. mean, forwards or that's or That's one thing something. that's
0: really interesting in the um, kind of going sideways here, talking about actual fantasy. But uh, um, that's one thing I found really interesting These forwards. Like mm. early on, Sam Flanders was going like second round, wow. third round, because I think the computer was looking at it and going, there's not a lot of forwards here. <laughs> like mm. we've got to take one early and I've kind of tailored it and tweaked it to kind of not be so aggressive mm-hmm. towards that. But that was a really early thing. I think he's fallen down to like fifth or sixth round now, which is probably a bit... Where which is, is interesting because yeah, it's risky because he's still a chance he'd be a chance to lose you 100% know, before status yeah, next yeah. year and, and like Jack McRae is still going like end of second start of third mm. and it's like would you spend up on that I don't know You know, single probably season 29 yeah like exactly. I think in single season you would be because like he's, right. he's that he's that difference yeah. but yeah, it's, it's interesting. interesting yeah so like someone will do it like that's the thing mm-hmm. someone in a league is likely to do it and make that run early and someone's mm-hmm. not going to give a shit about drafting yep. the future and yep. yeah it's a really tough thing to do
1: I'm also, i also a big one of having you know lots of different spreadsheets or even some printed stuff out you know how much I like uh, scribbling on paper as I know, well you but love that. Um, you know whether it's um, having some ranks for particular you know grouping ranks so it's like I need to get one of these forwards I need to get one of these defenders That it doesn't matter yeah, like which one tiers it is and stuff tiers, like that. yeah. Um, and then just you know uh, yeah, kind of figure out your own value from there. Um, yeah. But I suppose the main thing about the, the keeper league and setting up from the start is like, you can't just be thinking about this year. So like, you know, in that example with McCray and Flanders, yeah. like there's every chance
0: they're not going to be forwards next year. Well, you you, know, you can think about just this year though as well. well like you can. And obviously you can, but like, <laughs> yeah.
1: you know, are you better off maybe yeah. some focusing on like James Sicily or something like that, who
0: you know is going to be a, a really good defender for four years. That ties into the kind of next part, some different types of... Um, draft strategy so mm-hmm. i actually made a video of this for afl.com.au maybe three years ago as well and it's still around and I, I reckon it's still pretty valid it's valid it's just like the players i use might be a bit older now and might not be as valuable as they were i'd actually hate to go back and look at it and see who they were and how that when it actually went that season and geez i've been actually looking at a bit of old content and i, I look very different back <laughs> in those days but yeah because the moustache obviously, obviously. Um, that's the only difference but um so some different draft strategies i guess think. My least favorite, and this is what some people go is just the young guns. Mm -hmm. It's like first round, and it's probably a bit, it probably works a bit better these days because there's actually some serious young guns that you can go for. Like Nick Dacos is going number one on the mock draft simulator, Um, very closely followed by by Errol Golden. And then I think it keeps swapping between Tim English and Tom Green Mm -hmm. for number three. So they're probably the top three and four at the moment. Um, So out of them, but like all those guys are pretty established except for Dacos. They're all in at least third year type thing and then English is a bit on. But I think it's very valid taking Dacos at number one because it's just so obvious. Mm -hmm. And then with Sheasel, like if you went dacos Sheasel in your first two rounds, there's no problems with that. And Mm. the issue is people just sometimes people just pick up on all guys that no one over the age of 21 type thing so they're set for the future but you can't really predict the future so you don't know when injury is going to hit you don't know if just because this guy was a junior fantasy scorer doesn't mean he'll be able to make it at the senior level no one's got that crystal ball like everyone except you everyone thinks they like can predict the future and or they think there are people out there that are able to predict the future but Really, everyone just gets lucky. Really. There are some edu- there's educated guesses and then there's luck that go along with and it. there's some I guess. oracles out there. Well, and there's a, a few oracles a, that can legit see the future. Oracle. I don't know what happened to Crystal Ball. I think we threw it out. There's actually. a oracle. Sorry about that. <laughs> anyway. Um, probably the most popular one is drafting a balanced team mm-hmm. so balancing young and old so if you mm-hmm. if you draft a few youngsters that are like the 1890 range they'll balance they'll draft some older guys you know earlier or you know mm-hmm. a bit later as well um, to kind of balance it up and then there's probably the one I go to now is just the win it now strategy um, my always fl- my f- thoughts always go back to the is someone's got to win it like in the first year so why not be you and get the monkey off the back but also like think about if the AFL Suddenly, just threw. They wanted to draft all new teams, and they threw every player back. And everyone's a free agent. And every team, like North Melbourne, got to pick one. Mm. Like, who do you think they take it? Pick one. Like Bond. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like so like the best player in the competition probably goes mm. pick one and like they'll draft a they would draft to have some success straight away. Like that's how it works. Mm. They wouldn't be thinking of the future. Mm. So like why you could be valid for your keeper league teams mm. as well. So um yeah. So that's just another thinking as well. Just don't you sometimes don't need me to worry yeah. about younger players and you can worry about that later and I think
1: the one with that is and I think if I was gonna do it. Again, now I reckon I'd try and start a little bit balanced early on or go that, you know, that 20 to, you know, 22 to 24 strike zone. But then all of a sudden, when you kind of, your team's filling up, so you're kind of getting around 15 onwards, yeah. I reckon that's when start people are going to start going on earlier runs on younger players because they're like, oh, I reckon he'll be good in a couple of years. Yeah. And that just opens up that there's going to be a whole plethora of kind of guys who are 29, yeah. 30 plus who are just sitting there who are proven scorers. Yeah. And they're going to be the ones that are going to, you know, be really successful for that first couple of years of your side. And, but yeah. you've but you've done the work earlier in the draft where you've got, you know, guys that are going to be good for another, you know, six years or so, but now you just topped up with these extra guys. You know, yeah. maybe it's a, a Luke Parker or, or someone like that who just has never really done anything wrong, but is,
0: you know, the wrong side of 30 and, and people are happy to let him go. Well, I think it, it like ties into that and ties into the mock draft simulator that is coming out. Um, Tom Stewart, I think, is only going at around the pick 68 mark at the mm-hmm. moment, which feels late for someone who's probably going to be D. Two D3 this year. Because he's yeah. going to be playing, in the, apparently he's going to play playing in the midfield. That's the... Yeah, room in the midfield. It's yeah, January, true, mate. True, But But um, he, he should be up there. Like, mm-hmm. in, in that, and no one else scores for Geelong. So, like... No one does score for Geelong. Oh, well, yeah. I think it was a high score of 98 or something. That was mm-hmm. an injury injury riddled season as well that was probably his worst season he's had in ages but like that's just an example like they're going later than they would in a normal single season draft that's for sure so you you can get some bargains in there and still stock your team up if you need to Um, but yeah i guess just understanding values in a in a keeper context is important so yeah younger players are going to be more valuable Older players are going to be less valuable but you can get some bargains in that sense Um, and you just got to think about your season long management when you're drafting like so if you're taking a risky player that's never played 23 games in a season mm-hmm. then he's – most people haven't actually because it's only been one year since they've been doing that, but you know what I mean, 22 games. Um, he's very unlikely to be doing it again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, people love players like LDU and stuff like that. And I know he was a lot better last year, but he's someone who's been injury-riddled in the past. And Jack Steele, I think, for the last two seasons, probably missed a month here and there um, in total and stuff like that. So, just got to think about those sort of things as well. And the biggest thing, I think, in our leg learning from
1: season-long management would be just make sure you draft a few Ruckman Oh, you know like I, mean, well, I drafted seven last year I think 86 well you got to be unlucky but <laughs> each year there'll be no doubt there'll be a point where someone you know their first rucks injured or suspended or whatever The other guys also injured and they've only you know we've got a squad of yeah. 32 30, you know 38 if you go up to our rookies and one team I guarantee you, we'll only have two ruckmen and yeah. they're
0: not playing and then they're like oh fuck, I've got to do something to avoid a donut that actually comes back we skipped something in the um, starting up a key play the rules at the start which is well, you're on field um, configurations, mm-hmm. so you can the most common one at the moment, and it's the only one you can really. Well, the yeah, so there's a reason because there's not many to choose from. But five, the um seven, one, five. the five seven one five um combo is probably the the most popular one. But there is the option to do a, a, a six seven two six. So that is six defenders. Um, I was eight mid eight midfielders. Sorry, six eight. Um, two rucks and six um six forwards. And I I did the numbers last year, and I think there was only like. I oh, know it was it was there was half the year or something like that that you probably couldn't have two because if you include handcuffs and all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. you couldn't have two um, Ruckman playing each week on every team. So you just have to get used to having donuts if you want to do that. So just have a think about that sort of stuff as well. Um, yeah, and someone was approached me the other day about starting up an eighteen um, <laughs> coach keeper league, and I suggested maybe going trying the um, what is it the 2-3-1-2, uh, which is two defenders, three midfielders, that sort of stuff because like i I just see that it's very hard to kind of pick a full squad when you've only got what is it 300 and something players playing each week and you know Mm. you're gonna pick very well it's not like if you actually run a football club you can pluck a player at the twos and actually put them on field or you know that's or play someone off your rookie list like you can't do that in a a fantasy context you know what i mean um but but yeah it could encourage trading it could encourage trading for sure um all right so trading is probably that's a good segue for the next one um how do we usually do it? We do a preseason trade period. Yep. Um, and that's run on a spreadsheet. Um, and yeah, the last thing we'll talk about is, oh, we haven't got that in there, but um, we should talk about some tools and spreadsheets and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I um, know oh, we do have that in there. Cool. So yeah, um, pre-season trading, we usually, we usually run a spreadsheet. A lot of people are messaging, like how do we actually make trades on the AFL fantasy platform or whatever? You can't. Um, the AFL fantasy platform is very much trying to hack the classic format into playing draft and keeper leagues. The rumour is, and it's a pretty good rumour, um, I've kind of heard pretty solid confirmation that it's going to happen, is the whole site's going to be rebuilt in a year or so and it's going to incorporate all the stuff we need to make it more like Ultimate Footy was and have all the the tools that we need to make um, keep, running a keeper league and all that stuff way more smoother. But for the time being, you have to have your teams backed up um, from the site. If you haven't done that, beforehand there is a way to do it and i do plan on making a bit of a tutorial to help people get their teams back and squads back and things like that or just you can you can get coaches to send them to you individually but that can be a bit painful um so there is a way to actually kind of get them out of the website which i'll show you but it involves a little bit of not coding but just knowing how to manipulate website files and things sounds like that sounds like dark web it's not it's definitely not because it's open there they wouldn't be just so easily accessible if it was dark mm-hmm. but um it just involves just knowing how websites operate and that sort of stuff from there so just that's uh, something to think about um make sure you've got your leagues backed up put all your teams into a spreadsheet and then actually kind of go through and go all right I want to trade player x for player y Talk to that coach. Yep, we have a deal. Then talk to the commissioner. Say, can you please go on the spreadsheet and swap this player out for this team, my team? And that goes for draft picks as well. well. Have a list of your draft picks um, and make all the swaps if the draft picks involved. You know, this I've paid, traded part of pick six as part of this trade. Mm-hmm. Please swap that over in the spreadsheet, all that sort of stuff. So when it gets to time to actually lock in any keepers, you've got all the keepers, all the teams that are changed after all the trades have gone through and you've got a list of the draft picks that you can set in the custom draft order yep. to actually get it um, going. So, and obviously, you know, Google Sheets is awesome for that
1: because everyone can can yep. view that and have access to it at all times. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Share it with the league; they can log in, have a look, and that's how a lot of our season is run. For most, mm-hmm. of the, for half of the year, our season is essentially run a uh, league, one run spreadsheet. Like yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have in-season trading, obviously, which we've talked about. Um, but I guess is there any trade strategies? I guess that happened out there. So the big one that we always see is the the young for old type thing so a lot of people like to cash in some of the younger players that might not have hit their value yet that probably will hit their value but they might not benefit them in the next season or two so they trade them out for some older players to have a better crack at winning a flag is there any other strategies that you employ when you're trading it's probably the main one Um,
1: it is actually also you know if you do have a bit of time and you are looking for something if you are a little bit of a savvy coach try and pick a part of team so like you know you need a forward for example and you do know that you've got some pretty decent defenders, you know, hunt through opposition teams and see a team that might have a bit of an average defense and see if you can, you know, target, uh, you know, a trade based on another team's, um, you know, success, um, depth or, or stuff like that. So if you really want to be on the front foot there, obviously, you know, um, yeah, I suppose the other one is yeah. Realistically, you just want to you want to get the best for your next season. So, and that's why the keeper number is really important. Obviously, something that's really uh, a bit of a sticking point in our league this year is because you're going from sixteen to yeah, twelve. People draft mid you know, you've, 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 trade traded, that in mind. you've <laughs> to know that you can kind of fit in an extra four players. Yeah. Um, but you know that's what potentially where the the um the late season you know trade dump of old blokes for new for younger guys might not happen in it might not happen as much in a twelve because you know you're not going to fit in you know a, a younger gun anymore so you've yeah. got, it, you've got it's a bit more of a calculated risk and on the flip side if you're keeping twenty twenty five you know you it, a, a guy's a guy is not going to give away all of his future young guns for yeah. you know an older bloke because yes it might win him a flag but it's going to put them back a long way um in the future so um you know you've always
0: kind of got to be thinking you know not only current year but one year ahead as well alright so that's kind of trading talked about as I guess as much as we need to um, yeah the rest is pretty self explanatory so the off season sort of stuff we touched on that a bit before so mm-hmm. the things that you need to kind of do in the off season so this is the kind of stuff that should have been done already and you're probably getting into organising the trade period type stuff now yep. but yeah, I don't know. If you, chime in if you think there's anything extra, but managing the league in the off season kind of entails like backing up the teams into a spreadsheet, yeah. um, organizing the trade period, and all the mm-hmm. dates and key dates of things that are coming up. So, for mm-hmm. example, we got a punting challenge that decides the draft order. Yep. Once we have the draft order, trading can probably kick off a bit more because we can we know what draft picks we've got to actually trade yep. and stuff like that. Um, and then kind of organizing the draft order. So whether you just you do a lottery, we do a punting challenge where we get different wages. And mm-hmm. long story short, whoever makes the most money or um, yeah. That, that basically gets the number one pick, and whatever. Um, There's more yep. intricacies that we don't need to go into, but other ones, um,
1: you know, people will pick a horse race, and yep. you know, you've got a horse one to 12 randomly drawn, or yep. uh, the other leg that we're in, you know, we get a, a, a cricketer, you know, assigned for a big bash game, and whoever yep. has the top score of that, you know, group you know, yep. gets that pick. So, yeah, um, yeah. there's plenty of ways you can you can do that.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, lots of ways. Um, make sure it's weighted in a keeper league f- to the bottom teams actually have a chance of getting the better pick. So, yep. you know, the guy who wins the flag, they end up with number one pick somehow or whatever. Correct. It could be disastrous. Um, so, yeah, preparing for the next season. So, this is the biggest thing we probably get asked about. So, how do you actually input your teams? That is, you've mm-hmm. done your trade period. Yep. You've decided on X number of keepers that you're keeping for next season. mm mm-hmm. Kaze, you're the commissioner, so I'm going to ask you, how do you actually get take those keepers and put them into the next season's platform ready to go for your draft or whatever? So what did we do last year? How did you do it? Uh, so it's a little bit tricky
1: because we play um, uh, rookies and that kind of affects how the, the system is. So back in the old day of ultimate Footy, you could kind of go in the background and, and
0: um, put- Assign
1: picks. Assign, assign, yeah, assign players, players to players picks. To picks. Yeah. Uh, you can't do that at the moment with- um, the fantasy platform so um this is our little hack so if if you're not if you're just going all right we're keeping 12 we're generating it it's very simple you just click your 12 players that you're keeping the commissioner you know clicks the button that says you know uh, keeper deadline is tomorrow as soon as tomorrow clicks over those people will be on your team and they'll be gone from the pool so you can start doing your your ranking and and stuff like that if you're doing it the way that we do where you know there are some differences in in squad sizes because if we don't have to keep all of our rookies or we have to actually put two of our rookies back, but you know, I might keep four of my rookies. You might only keep one. So therefore uh, the picks change a bit. So what we did this year, it's a bit, uh, bit ugly, but uh, to make it all happen, we just basically did clumps of um, drafting. So um, say so have Scott pick one in the draft. He actually just jumps on uh, the fantasy site. As soon as the draft opens, he selects his 16 keepers that he's keeping maybe is extra two rookies and then once those picks are done yep. it will go to me so who's what, got picked two
0: so what you do to say for example we've got 16 keepers two rookies you've assigned yep. the first 18 picks to me correct. so I can go through and I pick my 16 keepers and my two rookies and it moves on to the next person Yeah. once everyone's kind of gone through pick their keepers pick their rookies then the draft starts so start. it involves calculating what exact numbers you need so you've got to, to run another
1: spreadsheet to make sure yep. that every pick is correct yep. um, and obviously if it gets very messy because uh, I did stuff up once last year where yep. someone missed their pick um, because of just how the how it all worked out, yeah. So you, and you it's just easy go to do. Through. It's
0: easy to like overlook or yeah, you're just copy and pasting it's something. It's a clear box or, thing, so yeah. it's
1: pretty. And you've got to assign it's a team annoying. to each pick, so it is a little bit. Ugly in the background, but if you've got a you know a couple hours in a Sunday afternoon <laughs> and a few beers, it's probably an okay task. But I will look at leave that don't leave that to the last minute. because I will it's look very at ways stressful. of
0: automating that as well uh, this year to see if there's actually a way for people to do it through the Chrome extensions or running scripts through the console <laughs> or whatever, and try to make tutorials to help people because I feel like the less human um, era yeah. that can be possible is probably better for that because it's bound to happen. But effectively, like it's
1: it's very doable. You just got, it just takes a bit of time. Yeah.
0: The other way we did it in my league is um what the, the commissioner did was just regenerated teams in full so, just put everyone's teams back into AFL the exact exactly the way that was in the um in the season. And we actually just conducted our trade period from there. So, it's like league starts. I think that's the way. I think you can do it like that way. If not, I can't remember really, It was either that or add drop. Mm-hmm. So, if we agreed on a trade, we'd drop that player to the pool, the other person would pick them up off mm-hmm. the waiver pool mm-hmm. um, or we could actually trade. I can't remember what actually happened from there. So, we actually ran it on the site that way. So, it was, it was as if our draft had already been run. Mm-hmm. We went on the site, did a lot of trading, stuff like that. Then when it came to dropping a keeper, Or dropping your players. And again, this is a dynasty format, so it's a lot easier. There's only, everyone's only got three or four picks and stuff like that as well. Um, When it came to keeper, we just had to have all the players that we weren't keeping delisted from our side Mm -hmm. from there. And then we didn't actually run another draft. We just ran it on a spreadsheet. um, And it was a slow draft. So we ran it over a week or whatever. And when it was your turn, you go on and just pick a player out of the waiver pool um, when it's your turn. So again, we want the magic of the draft night. We want a live draft. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of where a lot of complications lie for us. It Mm -hmm. could be easier if we didn't do it that way. But I don't blame anyone that does want to do it that way because it is such a fucking fun night and exciting yep. night and nothing more riveting than having 12 blokes staring at their computer screens and not talking to one another for, for a, a good hours. two hours <laughs> um, and watching that countdown clock then, just or, tick away. And then yeah, someone groans when someone picks their player or yep. everyone's given shit when they pick a bad it's player and everyone laughs at them. Uh, it was a good night. So um, yeah, that's the uh, that's the kind of crux of it and how it kind of works. So I think, um, or, you, or you can do it the way AFL actually intends and you don't do any preseason trading and you... Pick your sixteen keepers and then just go from there. Like you would pick your keepers, but it just seems like that's just not how anyone does it. But and that's the way mm-hmm. AFL fantasy's got it set up. But, anyways, have a play around with it. Um, if you come up with any better ideas as well, tweet us in because part of it is. um you know the community aspect and sharing this sort of stuff to help people so that's what we like to do Mm. on this podcast so yeah um go from there so yeah okay so anything last kind of thing to wrap it up um i guess with the the keeper you've you've got to build a community with it like you've got to be we're lucky we're mates um well loosely these days acquaintances (laughs) 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 Um, don't know how much we see each other that much anymore how much we actually enjoy each other's company but uh we definitely are dedicated fantasy. So that's probably the one thing we've still all got in common um but yeah you've got to foster that sense of community within your league so whether that's using, using social media we've got a whatsapp group mm-hmm. sometimes people have facebook groups some people have messenger chats mm-hmm. whatever um, discords doesn't really matter but use social media have something where you can actually kind of talk to each other and mm-hmm. you know discuss things and stuff like that because it's good fun to actually have makes you feel more connected and stuff like that too totally yeah um, we talked about organizing events and meetups. So the draft is a good one, but mid-season drafts or just watching the, grand, like the round, last round together or just a round together, try to get mm-hmm. people together, yep. that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, that's probably the last kind of aspect. But Kay's, I want to ask you, mm-hmm. if you were to kind of give a message to those people out there that haven't played a keeper league before and they're interested in fantasy or maybe not even in fantasy, but they, they've got an interest, give them one reason why AFL fantasy players should start a keeper league if they haven't already. The thing I love about it most
1: is that you you go into so much more detail in drafting and, and finding out more about players, you know, like your, your classic format is fantastic, but at the same time, like it's a lot of the same old, same old. Everyone's got the same players. They're doing the same thing. Um, the Keeper League is great because you can identify a player who you think is going to be good in the future, invest time into them and you get the reward, you know, in years to come and they can be your player. That you, you own them. I think that's the best thing about it, you know, like... How many times on this show over the years have we called someone our boy because we drafted him, you know, late in a draft and all of a sudden he's turned out to be a Jet, you know? That's why- you love players a lot more because they're in your keeper team.
0: Even on the flip side, like nothing is more fun when it's come down to the last game of the round and it's like Fremantle versus North Melbourne mm-hmm. and you've got one shit player and he's got two shit players and they're yep. trying to tra- chase down your score and you're getting yep. around this player that no one else in the country or maybe 1% of the country Correct. even knows their name yep. um, but it kind of builds this kind of added level but mm-hmm. that's the exact same reason why I like it. You have to know so much more about AFL, fans. Well, AFL in general and players in general. It's mm-hmm really if you're if you love AFL fantasy and you want to take it to the next level yeah. then you should start a keeper league because yeah. you're forced into knowing so many more players um what their best attributes are and what attributes are best for fantasy and yeah. all that sort of stuff as well i mean like i've talked to i've talked to good AFL fantasy classic coaches like multiple hat winners and stuff like that that can really only discuss like the top 100 players in the league. Mm-hmm. They can't really go into depth talking. It's hard to have a conversation about those kind of players because that's all they're looking at type yeah. thing. And it's, yeah. it's fine. Like it's, that's their game and that's what they do. Mm-hmm. And like, or some coaches that don't even watch that much footy, they just play the game and play the game really well by yeah. buying and selling and stuff like that. Um, it kind of forces you to just kind of be more aware of AFL in general and yeah. players in general and like stuff it, like that. If
1: you want to be at home on a Sunday night cheering on
0: Brent Daniels <laughs> and Jake Riccardi against, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't know, jai menzi you know like
1: that's this is what it's about you
0: can really see why this appeals like i think our target demographic is 25 to 45 that kind of age group and probably when people are becoming dads and staying home a lot more and stuff like that so you can see why this kind of podcast probably appeals to that (laughs) demographic and that's why keeper leagues do uh, as well but um yeah what would you say is the best part then like of playing in a keeper league so not what's the reason why you play uh i think it's obviously the mateship for me yeah um you know I, th- I
1: think it's just another outlet where you can talk to your mates you know every day basically and um, it's
0: not always fantasy we talk about yeah. you know the whole range of stuff that gets brought up on our on our thread you know I man don't don't know. I don't know what it is but like you know your daughter's birthday on the weekend like yeah. I find myself just talking about fantasy to people there like you just never get yeah, get away from it it's like yeah. the number one thing you go to with it and stuff yeah. like that so yeah it's um, yeah, you can just, make some mates from life from it which, yeah, is, which is fantastic 100%, 100%. so um, yeah that's probably same for me Is that's the reason why I love it as well and I love building the, the community we've built on here as well and you know, chatting to so many people that you just kind of let you become mates with people you've never met before in your life <laughs> type thing on here as well. So yeah. that's what I love about it as well. But anyways, we'll uh, wrap that up. So that's the Round Zero podcast. I'm not sure whether to include this one as a uh, as an official podcast. I think it is, but- It's a yeah, pre-season pod. It's a pre-season pod. So yeah, hope you enjoyed it. Um, for any people that haven't started a keeper league yet, I really hope this encourages you to do so. It's a lot um, of fun. And if you have already started a keeper league and you've listened through this whole thing, thank you you're obviously one of the most dedicated um, listeners out there because you're only listening to this because you actually enjoy listening to us, I think, because you should know all this information. So yeah, that's another that's another scary thought. But yeah. Anyway, cool. I reckon we wrap it up there, case. Thanks for joining me. We're gonna Absolutely have you on in probably about. Uh, oh, we've got some ranking stuff coming up. Actually,
1: I, I started my rankings today. this Good afternoon. On you.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, nice. Um, yeah, I've have started mine, but it's only because I had to with the um, draft uh, mock draft simulator that's coming up Monday. Remember? Um, but yeah, we've got that coming up, um, and then we've got you on for we're going to talk about the forwards this year we're doing a bit differently we're going to be talking about all the lines instead of going through team by team but fear not the our team review articles with all the exact same information that we would say on those podcasts are going to be on the website they've already started um the only reason we're not doing was just because round zero made everything start a bit earlier and we didn't have time to go through every team and all the practice matches and all that sort of stuff um in detail so we'll do the same thing but probably just four longer episodes rather than the six weeks worth of shorter episodes for those teams can't wait to get stuck into the forwards yeah anyway so we'll see Kaze back in a few weeks the um, year of the key forward I think next week we've got Louis on the podcast from the pod pod so it should be pretty the brains behind the pod pod <laughs> definitely definitely uh, I saw Dossie on the weekend at a music festival and um, a lot of brain cells were probably destroyed on Saturday so yeah um, that was probably a fairly um, astute assumption there case. definitely anyways uh, thank you for listening uh, make sure you get around us on our socials make sure you uh, sign up as a member if you want to support the podcast and we will talk to you very very soon see you later
1: thanks guys